There we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode, um, part of the 60th anniversary celebrations of Doctor Who. Um, and today I'm joined with Ross. Me and Ross met um, at the start of September, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And as this episode goes out, um, it may be towards the end of the year, November, December time. Um, but we met at a, um, I think it was Invasion Colchester um, at the time. Um, it does seem a while ago now, I think, Ross, um, back then. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was it? Beginning of September? Yeah. I think, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 right at the start, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, a little info about Ross that um, he, he's, he's been in Doctor Who, played The Silence and The Teller, and been in Game of Thrones as well. So uh, it's going to mm -hmm. be nice to speak about um, his experience um, with those roles mm -hmm. in the Doctor Who universe. Um, so, Ross, where, where, where do you think we should start? Do you, do you think we should start with um, The Silence or The Teller? Um, I think we should start maybe even before that, because my first uh, instance with Doctor Who was playing the Ice Warrior for the Doctor Who proms. Okay. Uh, that was my first connection with Doctor Who. They asked me to replace Spencer Wilding, who wasn't available to do the Doctor Who proms at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, so I went up to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff and tried on the costume, uh, which was a little bit rattly on me. It was quite big, actually. Um, and I sort of struggled to lift my legs up, really, because it kept hitting me in the chin, because uh, it didn't fit me properly entirely. Uh, so I said to them, you know, uh, the costume's good, just as long as I don't have to walk down steps. Uh, but, of course, once we were in the Royal Albert Hall and uh, rehearsing, they wanted me to uh, appear inside of a big, a large block of ice that comes up from the middle of the Royal Albert Hall itself and then breaks open. And, of course, once the ice broke open, they, they needed me to walk down the stairs and walk into the audience. And I was, like, uh, struggling. Um <laughs> After that, though, uh, that success, they then asked me if I would come in and play The Silence, uh, which I was absolutely honoured to do. And uh, that was to replace an actor who was no longer able to work on the show. And uh, so I was, you know, really honoured that, first of all, the costume really fit me perfectly. Um, and uh, I really, really enjoyed the other guys who were working on it and the, the choreographer uh we had a great time it was really really a wonderful experience for me yeah the, and that was with matt smith i think uh, as well uh, yeah. when, he, when he was the yes. doctor yes he was my first doctor matt smith yeah yeah he, he, he was a very good doctor um matt smith yeah yeah i thought he was very good uh probably was he, do we think he was the youngest of all the doctors that they've ever had? Yeah, yeah, at, at the time, he, he, I think yeah. he was, yeah. Um, yeah, um, he definitely had a doctor energy about him, so it was, it was a good choice, I think. Yeah, because um, the way he does the doctor is like he's much older. It's, it's like he's much older than his actual age. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And he's quirky. He's got an eccentric kind of air about him uh, when he plays the doctor, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good, really good choice. Yeah, it, it it was a good choice because it was it, uh, like with um, it it, it was hard it, it it was hard boots to fill, I guess. At, um, from David Tennant, of course. So yeah. he, he did really well, I think. Um, mm -hmm. from all the pressure, I guess. Yeah, and I think you know maybe uh, you know in the beginning people found it difficult, but uh, by the end I think people really missed him when he was gone. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I. I it was quite sad. It's always sad when a doctor has to leave yep. at the end. It's in so it. Too, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with so with the silence. Um, yeah. What was it like having the whole costume on and everything? Um, well, the silence is a relatively straightforward and easy uh, prosthetic monster to play. You've got a very simple suit and simple shoes until you've got the head and hands on it's basically a suit so it's it breathes easy you're not overheating you're not too cold um the head once you've got the head on <clears throat> it's very difficult to see and it's very difficult to breathe you've got two little holes down by the chin part of the character that's what you can call it that's where you see that's where you breathe <clears throat> and so you have to uh, be quite regulated in how you breathe in that head, because if you panic or uh, you hyperventilate at all, you're not going to catch your breath easily. So it's almost a bit like deep sea diving. You kind of have to really monitor each breath in and each breath out and remain sort of calm. <clears throat> um, you can really only keep it on for about 20 minutes. Uh, so... It makes shooting relatively, in some ways, straightforward. You know, the uh, the director and the crew know that, so they line up the shots as you as you need them, and uh, make sure that they get everything. And then you've got to take it off, have a break, take ten minutes, and then. So it, it makes you kind of work quite efficiently, I think, on set. Uh, it's obviously very effective. You know, it's a crazy odd looking creature almost has no eyes in some way you know you don't really see its face its features are almost i don't know like hidden a bit you know uh so it has a very kind of creepy i mean it's a beautifully designed by millennium effects creature uh and the fact that there's more than one of us is is you know uh quite interesting too yeah yeah because <laughs> It, it is a, a very good monster in mm. to have because it, nothing like that is is a, it's like that because you forget it when you yeah. stare at it. Um, yeah, I think that's what's really terrifying, right? About the silence and I would say the weeping angels is they prey on two things: things that happen when you've let your guard down. So. You know, the silence is that creepy feeling that you get sometimes, uh, but you don't know why. <laughs> and the it preys on that idea that maybe you did see something, but your your mind has been wiped of that experience, and you're only left with the feeling. That is a very unusual and creepy thought when you think about it. 
because it takes us out of control. The other, you know, the other one, the weeping angels is great because we have to blink. Uh, and when we blink, it only takes like a sheer flash of a second, barely a second. But to think that in that time you're vulnerable to attack is pretty terrifying, you know? But if you blink and something was that much closer to you, it would be wild. So I think those two creatures really are very similar and they kind of prey on a vulnerable moment in your life, you know, yeah. that may or may not be aware of. Yeah, it is. And it's very, um, it's very, like, they are very scary. Like you say, they're very alike, the silence and the weeping angels. Um, yeah. Well, whenever... I think, I think whenever we see a statue, because a statue is everywhere, every place you go in the world, there'll be a statue. Yeah. And I always say, uh, it's a weeping angel over there. It's not really, because they're not real, but because of the impact it has on you, you're going to say, yeah. a weeping angel over there, don't blink. <laughs> yeah, don't blink. Don't blink. Especially if you're in a graveyard, it can kind of be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um but I, I remember when they had the Doctor Who experience, when Matt Smith was actually the Doctor, um, yeah. and they, they had these weeping angels in the corridors, um, and because I was that petrified of them, I, I, I said to my family, I said, don't don't blink, and I didn't blink once. I was staring yeah. at them, I was staring at them, <laughs> and my eyes hurt at the end because it was a long corridor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your eyes get dried out. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'd be difficult to not blame for any matter of time. Yeah, it yeah. is. Definitely. Um, but the, um, it, the the silence two-part, I think it was the start of um, Matt Smith's se second series. Um, yeah. It was, um, it, was, it was a very good um, storyline, I think. It, at the time, it was very... Um, it was complicated because you had to, um, it was a whole like previous series, wasn't it? It was always silence will fall. Um, yeah. uh, so it, it was very good episodes. And uh, I think if I'm right, I think some of it was set in America as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. What did you think of the teller? Let's talk the teller. I, I, I like the teller. Um, uh -huh. It was it, it it comes across those same sort of vibe. So like because you can't think, yeah. it, you can't think of it. Um, and it was a very it was, was a very interesting episode. It was an unusual one. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a bank heist episode, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. I I loved it because there's the turnaround at the end and the. And the monster or the creature actually is the victim, really, and um, has been, you know, held hostage basically by um, Julie Hawes's character. And um, yeah, I thought it was beautifully. I, I I really loved. I was really honored when they asked me to play it. I I thought I love playing. I mean, I love playing monsters that are really scary, but I also love that there's this other sort of side to a monster, what makes a monster really sometimes. It opens that up for imagination. I, I'd like to think that monsters are, well, they're not real, right? They're, they're 
they're created from our imagination. But it's interesting to think why they're there. Why are why are monsters created by why did we create monsters as people? And I think it's because we have a fear of fear of something we don't understand or we don't know, a fear of uh difference. And quite often, you know, uh monsters almost embody that sort of uh unfortunate quality of human nature which is to ostracize and push away someone who is different uh someone who is you know maybe stands out of the norm and and make we make each other monsters really in the world and um we create our monsters and it's interesting because i think you know uh monsters are you know only a, a fragment of what we are afraid of really i do believe that and i think that that the teller really embodies that a lot because you've got this creature who's extremely powerful you know he's tied down in a in his his uh his you know his straight jacket uh he's you know imprisoned we think in the beginning probably rightfully so and he's used to, you know, he has an ability to melt and crush someone's brain and make it to soup. Um, <laughs> terrified of him. But in actual fact, he's uh, protecting himself, trying to protect his mate. And uh, yeah, it opens a lot of like, uh, you know, what we're, what are we like as people? You know, what, you know who are we, you know, to... To, to that it's you know how we are in relation to the animal kingdom as well how we don't understand a lot of that so we make these assumptions so i really loved playing the teller plus i really loved working with peter capaldi as well peter is a you know came on set the very first day and welcomed me onto set and told me you know he was a big fan of game of thrones uh so that was really lovely uh and uh, yeah, it was great to work with him. And whenever we had turnarounds on our scenes and uh, he always asked that uh, I had the, the head of the character taken off, removed when he would do his scenes with me. So he had my face and my eyes to look into when he would be able to act, to act with me. He found it easier. So that was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 that is very clever. That 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 they can do it. Like, like it's actually on your head when it's not sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was a little uh a little more difficult than the silence for sure. Uh it took a lot longer to get into that suit. Uh and then the straight jacket on top of it took a lot of buckling and uh the head was very heavy. It was a very big animatronic head. Uh difficult to breathe in. It was like the first two days of shooting it was all I was overheating quite a bit when we were shooting all the stuff that was inside the bank the lights were very strong very hot uh but a really good again a really lovely crew and cast who were very mindful of that with me and looked after me very well we make the team as well always looking after me very well I used to have a you know they have a uh an air pump that they used to pump up air mattresses that blows really, really fast air. They would stick that into the mouth of the 
uh, the teller, and then blow <laughs> air around in my head so I could get like fresh air coming in all the time. Uh, but after the first two days of sort of struggling with the character and overheating really quite a bit, um, we moved uh, sets to uh, sort of warehouses where we shot the rest of the this, the uh, episode. The warehouses were freezing cold, really, really cold. So for everybody else, they were quite cold on set, but I was actually just perfect. It was actually perfect for me. I thought, oh, thank God this has worked out this way because I, I had a long shoot on that. It was almost a month that I was there on and off shooting that episode. Yeah. yeah. All in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, all in Cardiff. Yeah, always in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's great. It, it's, it, it's great that you enjoyed like, doing that and find the teller. Um, what, a favourite scene of mine from that episode um, would, uh, uh, is actually I think one of the warehouse ones. You know, when um, I think mm -hmm. Clara, as played by Jedda Coleman, was... Um, uh -huh running them from the teller and the teller caught her thinking yes. and then another person who was part of the heist kind of sacrificed yeah. himself thinking that yes. he was going to die but he didn't um that's my favorite scene and then you've got the 12th doctor peter capaldi saying really worried Clara. so yeah. that that's my favorite scene of the episode uh because right. I, just, I just really like that one <laughs> and uh you know what's funny about shooting that was uh when i was working with uh Clara, she, uh, she, she basically at one point I took my head off and uh, she said to me, oh, hey, the silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hi. She's like, I didn't know the silence was in there. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm in here. I mean, I'm in the mall. She was like, oh, cool. Good to see you. How are you doing? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I also went back uh, for one more episode of Doctor Who after that. It was on her very last episode, uh, I played a wraith in uh, Clara's last episode uh, with Peter Capaldi. Uh, I don't often tell people that for some reason because I, I, my time on the set was clipped a bit short because I had an accident, uh, fell, really hit my head very hard and had to leave the shoot halfway through. They'd managed to salvage some of the material that I did shoot and put it into the episode. But I, felt like I didn't actually get to complete all my time on the on that episode, really, because uh, I ended up in the hospital with a concussion. Oh. <laughs> Off of one of those two-wheeler, uh, you know, those two-wheel things that you stand on. Yeah. At my, my robe got caught in it, and I fell back. But, uh, yeah, that was my last time on Doctor Who, that. But... Yeah. Uh, it must be sad when you was in hospital because um... uh, I was only there for a few hours and then they sent me home and they were like you know you're not going to be able to work <laughs> for uh, a couple of weeks because your balance will be off which it was it was off for more than a couple of weeks okay. but uh, thankfully I recovered entirely it wasn't anything uh, nothing too serious just a concussion I'd never had one before so it was a bit old but I managed I survived yeah, back you're still to here. Play more monsters <laughs> in time. Yeah, so that episode uh, before all that happened from Gun Hospital. So what, yeah. was that the one that um, that Clara supposedly died in? Yeah, 
I yeah. believe so. Place the Raven, that one. And I think so. Yeah. Uh, think so, I'll just yeah. check on my IMDb. I'm pretty sure it is. Um. Yeah, because there was a couple of episodes. Did she die? Did she actually die? Do we think? Uh, I mean, she 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 died in the episode, but then I think the next episode, um, the doctor brought her back for some help. Oh, okay. And then I don't think she ever died in the end. I, I think she just went off into her own TARDIS. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it says here I've done three episodes. So uh, now it's not telling me which ones, of course. <laughs> But yeah, it's typical IMDb. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, uh, yeah, it's I've got Wraith, the Teller, and Silence. Do, 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 do. Um, I can't really tell which what the episode is, but yeah, it is her last episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, a good episode that too. Um, yeah. And then he let he spent another. He did another season, didn't he? Without her. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did yeah, Pick of did one more. Right. Are you excited about the new Doctor? I am. I I am very excited about the um yeah the new Doctor. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I think it's always interesting when they go for something completely different from the last Doctor, you know, and uh, shaking it up a bit and see what happens. I think it's brilliant. <clears throat> watching a television show evolve over literally decades is uh, an absolute treat, right? I mean, yeah. the show's been on since the 50s or the 60s, you know, before I was born. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, so it's wild to be part of that, you know, and uh, I receive fan mail, you know, from people all over the world who've been watching it for all that time. I remember being a very young boy and growing up in Canada and uh, Doctor Who would come on on CBC or PBS sometimes. Uh, and I was like, wow, what is this? this like crazy British show that has got these wild sort of Alex kind of exterminate. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, when I think about that, I think I'd never even thought in a million years, although I wanted desperately to be an actor at that age, never thought in a million years I would end up on that show, you know, that I was watching. Because let alone, uh, you know, you'd never think that a show would even last that long. <laughs> no, it's not many do. N normally no. they have about eight seasons. Normally, yeah. Some series have that about that much or even less um and then they finish um, it's a, it's about letting a show evolve though right it's about letting a a universe evolve that you've created i mean in some ways you know you could feasibly do that with almost any any show really if you if you really put your mind to it you could do it with even friends for instance by you know letting people go introducing new people and you know eventually it evolves into something different over decades and decades uh yeah it's great i think they've they've handled it really well with doctor who there was a period where it was really off the air though right in the 90s there was yeah most of the 90s it was off right yeah last doctor before uh they started it back up again in 2000 yeah, I think that they. Semester? It, it ended yeah. with it ended with Paul McGann, 
when they again. when they'd done the movie. Um, but he he did it, after that it stopped. Yeah. Um. So what I, year was that? I think nine nineteen nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. I think yeah. Okay. Um. Not too long a break. Yeah. Uh, I saw Sylvester McCoy actually on the weekend. I was doing convention in uh, uh, where was I? Wigan. Uh, always good to see him. I he's one of the doctors I've been most conventions with, weirdly. Then uh, Bordeaux and uh, did a cruise with him in the Caribbean last year. Uh, see him in Wigan. I've seen him in Preston. I've, Done ones with him in London. Uh, you know, I see him up and down the country, all over the place. I even remember doing one with him in lockdown uh, online. You know, and he was in the south of France uh, somewhere, locked down in a in a beautiful chateau. It's it's it, it's crazy when I see all these um, Doctor Who actors or like yeah. or just people in general just going to all these conventions. Um, and it's crazy how many you guys go to. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is crazy. Uh, I just were. I did a convention in Wigan this weekend, and I also met somebody for the first time I'd never met before. It was Nicola Bryant, who is the companion for uh, Colin Baker's, yeah. uh, his doctor. Um, it was great to meet her and catch up. You know, make a new friend, make a new Whovian friend. Uh, we ended up taking the train back together from Wigan, and uh, yeah, it was really lovely. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic world, you know, because you can meet you know people who've been on the show like ages ago, and then you can meet people who are really just starting out on the show. It's uh, it's wild, really, really wild, you know. It always it's always just nice to speak to like the people who have been on the show because yeah. because it's. It's it's very cool, like just to hear about what it's like, um, yeah. from a I guess a viewer perspective, because. And when uh, did you when did you start watching Doctor Who? Um, I started watching it when it um first revived in two thousand and five, uh -huh. um, and Billy Piper. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Billy Piper and Chris Yeah. Um, and it was it was great, and like I've never seen anything like it before. Um, yeah, and I was young. I was young. I I, <laughs> I know some people don't watch to they wait till a bit older, but I was I was quite young. How, how old were you? About four or five. Um, wow, cool. Yeah, I was about four, <laughs> about four or five when I, I started watching it. <laughs> I've been living in this country since 1991, and Billy Piper was a pop star, you know, from the, the 90s, I think. Uh, and when she popped up on Doctor Who, I was like. Huh? And then, you know, she got all these amazing reviews, and I thought, I've got to watch this. And I was like, Billy Piper, like the pop singer, she's like a really good actor. Uh, and since then, I mean, her career is uh, fascinating to watch. I mean, her, her stage performances are incredible. She's a really versatile actor. Uh, I love her work. And I think it's really special and amazing that she sort of found her feet somewhere in Doctor Who, you know? I, I'm really pleased that somebody gave her that opportunity because as an actor, I know 
it can be really challenging to try and change the trajectory of your career, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, as you will guess, I'm a monster on a lot of TV shows and movies, but, you know, I've been an actor since I was 15. Uh, I started off doing mask work uh, in theater. I think that's probably why this is kind of an area that I've fallen into doing monster work because I work with masks. But then, you know, I left mask work. I became a puppeteer, uh, trained as a puppeteer with the Muppets. And I left puppeteering and then I went into musical theater and I toured all over Europe, the Middle East and Asia with musical shows. And then things found their way back. You know, I ended up doing motion capture work on a miniseries called Dinotopia around 2000. And then I did Shakespeare. Then I did more theater, toured up and down the country doing, you know, Christmas Carol and uh, East of Eden, uh, Twelfth Night. Uh, suddenly I'm a puppeteer again and then suddenly I'm doing monsters uh, so it's hard to kind of get yourself out of the niche you know when I was doing musical theater people always said to me oh you're a musical theater actor uh, and I was like well I'm just an actor you know I happen to be able to sing as well yeah. uh, when you do puppeteering people think oh you're a puppeteer that's what you do and I think yeah but I do other things you know you do Shakespeare people go oh well, yeah of course you're classical actor you do a bit of comedy people are like ah, of course you're a comedian but an actor you know it's a curse and a blessing when you get you know typecast uh it's a blessing absolutely because you want to work and you want to have regular work and so when somebody typecasts you or recasts you again and again you're happy for it but then you kind of want to try something different you know you want to get out of the box a bit yeah. uh some good projects coming up soon one of them is a big monster job. It's a vampire film. One where uh, I'll be playing a father whose daughter has been kidnapped uh, while she's away on her honeymoon, having nothing to do with sci-fi and nothing to do with monster. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting kind of uh, career choice, you know. Uh, but you don't always have control over it. You don't always have <laughs> control over what you want to do, you know. And I think. With Doctor Who, it always gives it. I always think it gives an actor a really good opportunity, like Peter Capaldi, to play completely out of his box. You know, before that, he was, you know, really well known for being the guy who was swearing his head off on TV. <laughs> and there he is in a fam very family oriented show. Uh, and I think, you know, the producers, the BBC, they really give it, Doctor Who is a great place for an actor to to launch a different trajectory to his career you know to surprise the audience a bit yeah it, it, i think well when he was cast everyone thought he's, he's gonna be swearing all the time now because it's not <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine yeah yeah no. that, they would that, have lost their audience <laughs> i think <laughs> we had, had to have a, like the like the sound where if someone swears all the time yeah just bleeping it out yeah bleeping it out um it, would you like a monster that you haven't played or on on doctor who is there any that you would like if you if it was if it was up to you to choose a monster in doctor who mm -hmm. that you haven't done before what ones do you think you would you'd like to do well i would love to play weeping angel i'd love that that would be really cool um 
what are the other characters I would love to play? Uh, you know, like playing monsters, what's cool about it is hopefully, you know, you get your own monster and you get your own creation. That's what I love about monsters I've played, you know, uh, both in Doctor Who and Game of Thrones. They're mine, you know, like nobody played the White Walker before I did. No, uh, just you. <laughs> nobody played the Teller before me. So they're my monsters. Uh, I've always wanted to play a vampire. Uh, I love the vampire episodes of uh, Doctor Who. I find yeah. Super cool and scary and wild. Uh, I would love to play a vampire on Doctor Who. I'd love to play something on Doctor Who where you can see my face a bit more. Yeah. Even if it's a scary creature, my, my face is getting scary enough now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also loved that character that I think was in Jody's very first episode. I don't know what the monster was, but I found it so creepy. It had like teeth all over his face. What was that character? Tim Shaw, I think his name. I think the character yeah. was called, yeah. Uh, I loved that character. Yeah. Really creeped me out. Earlier this year, I met. I went to a convention and I actually met the actor who, who played him. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he, he was a nice guy. He was. Um, he. It's 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 it it always interesting because really no one knows what you look like. Or no. He, no one would know it was him. Um, yeah. Because it looks very different. So yeah, he's, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. That's that's the that's the the job, right? Nobody yeah. knows or you you're buried under all that makeup. But it, that's also a curse and a blessing too, you know? Like uh I can still go about my business, right? Like I've got to go meet somebody and uh a little later go through the mall, I get to go to the coffee shop. Uh, uh nobody's going to stop me and go, "Hey, hey, <laughs> I need to talk to you." Uh which is and sometimes you know i get it occasionally but uh i can imagine it can be hard if it's all the time you know like if it's happening to you all the time yeah yeah definitely because it i i i i respect it like like the actors like i respect all the actors but you know the ones like like you're saying that have a bit more pressure on them like if you're the doctor everyone's gonna know mm -hmm. who you are like oh yeah like like i, I saw a video like it must have been earlier in the year where a fan stopped David Tennant, um, he, he, yeah. because he was he was wearing like a hoodie, <laughs> he was wearing a hoodie like go, go, going yeah. into the town, and they sent, and it, and they they stop him and that uh, they're very friendly about it because sure. um, especially at uh, uh, conventions when I I saw David Tennant earlier in the year, and he yeah. was like it was so energetic. And he yeah, had, and he's signing. His hands must hurt. Before signing everything, like loads of people, and yeah, yeah. like it's it's just great how like kind they are, how overwhelmed they get as well. Yeah, uh, generous, right? Generous with his time. Yeah. Uh, Very generous. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's it's a blessing to have been on a show that is popular and to have characters that are popular. And um, to have a fan base that actually love and think of you and come out to see you and want to meet you, it's like an absolute honor. It's what, uh, you know, I dreamed of when I was a little boy, right? When I wanted to be an actor, I thought, wow, I'd love to be an actor. And then when you start acting, you think, wow, I would really love to have a role that maybe makes an impact. And I've been very fortunate that I've had a few.
you know, I've had a few roles that made uh, made an impact on people and they, they want to come and see me and I'm blessed to, it's taken me all around the world, you know, to meet fans all the way from Mexico to Canada to America, you know, to France, Germany, here, you know, up and down the country. It's uh, up and everywhere. <laughs> like yourself, you know, it's uh, really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really rewarding when you meet people that you, you see mm-hmm. on the telly. Um, and and, yeah. and like you say, if if you didn't have like pictures, well, when I come and saw you about like signers to tell, I wouldn't have known. So, um, mm-hmm. it's it's great. It is great. Um, Ross, with like, is there an actor, or it could be another doctor? Um, it, I asked I actually asked them in two separate questions. First question is: Is there a doctor? Because you've worked with Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, but is there one? It could be the new one. It could be an older one that you would like to work with that that you haven't before. Um. Well, I mean, I would love to work with the new doctor who's coming in. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, putting that out there, I would love to. Um, but if it was an older doctor from the past, I would have to say it would be Sylvester Sylvester McCoy. Uh, I love him as a person. I think he's very funny. I, as I understand, and I've never worked with him on set, but what I understand is he's, he's an absolute blast to work with on set. I can imagine he'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so I would love to work with Sylvester. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he, he, he's very lovely. Bring on the new one. I want to work with the new one. <laughs> <laughs> new doctor, yeah. Yeah, like, even if it's not the silence, uh, which yeah. I, I would like it to be because I would like that. It's been ages since they've properly been in Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, I'd love them to come back. Yeah, I, I, I'd love that. Is is there, a, I guess, an actor that m- maybe not a doctor, but an actor that you're very fond of um, in acting world that you that, yeah. that you've always liked their work, but you've never had the opportunity to work with them? Is, is there like? Maybe not. It might, it might be a Doctor Who actor. It might be someone totally different. Is there, is there anyone hmm. else like that? Absolutely. There's a, a whole pile of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very blessed that I've worked with some fantastic actors in my life, like Liam Neeson. I've worked with Sigourney Weaver. Uh, I've worked with some incredible people, Sam Worthington, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, like uh, Bill Murray. You know, I've worked with some incredible people. I had my choice to work, work with another actor. Um, top of the range would be Meryl Streep. I would love to work with her, of course. I love everything she does. Uh, I would also love to maybe work with Tom Hanks. You know, I think by I've heard nothing but fantastic things working with him. Um, but you know, I love. I love when I'm meeting, you know, I love it when I meet my heroes or the people that, you know, I've been watching since I was maybe even a kid, you know, like Sigourney Weaver. I remember watching Alien when I was like 12 or something like that. I couldn't believe I was meeting her and working with her. And uh, yeah, it's great to meet them. And they are just amazing people <laughs> and really lovely and warm and down to earth and and want to talk to you and want to ask you about yourself too in your own career. Uh, that they're generous with their time and generous with their information about themselves. And uh, 
so with, with, with Game of Thrones, you obviously worked with um, a lot of really good people like um, Amelia yeah. Clark. I know we haven't spoken about that not an episode about yeah. Game of Thrones. I just thought I'd ask you a Game of Thrones question. Sure. Was sure. it like working with people like Amelia Clark and like other people on the Game of Thrones set? Well, Game of Thrones is tricky, right? So for me, I, I worked on seasons two, three, and four. So I only got to work with Sam and Jilly, really, and okay. uh, Richard Brake, who's playing the uh, Night King. Uh, and everybody else that I've met on that show, I've met through conventions, uh, really. I, I've met, you know, like Christian Aaron and all the other big, big characters. I've only met them. What a fabulous conversation with Ross today. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, at the end, we got a little bit cut off. So um, Ross can't say his end intro um, for the episode, but it's been it's been a really good episode talking about sixth anniversary. Um, well, kind of not as much sixth anniversary, more towards um, Ross's character in Doctor Who. Originally, um, I think he said um, a Minotaur. Um, I think that's what he said at the beginning of the episode. But we also spoke about um, like. Ross has the silence, as you would have heard, and also the teller, which was so good. But yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it. Also talking about the new season of Doctor Who airing next year. But yeah, it's a really good, another really good episode for the 60th anniversary, uh, celebrations of Doctor Who. 60 years, I know, I can't believe it. But yeah, talking about the hobbies that we love. Um, Ross talking about actor, and a little bit of Game of Thrones at the end, before it cut off. So he did start talking about Game of Thrones, but couldn't finish talking about it, which would have been the last question anyway. Um, so yeah, thank you to anyone who's listening and watching in today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as me and Ross have. But yeah, we'll see you in the next episode, whenever that may be. Um, but yeah, thanks to Ross, thanks to everyone listening and watching. Hope you all have a nice rest of your day, whatever time, time zone you're in right now. But yeah, thank you. Um, so, Hope you have a nice rest of your day, everyone. Have a good day.